Hello and welcome to Bastards and Broken Things, a podcast dedicated to House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, anything in that sort of world. Too many. Brought to you by Fan Critical. Too many things. Too many of them. I'm your host, Sir Len, and joining me, as always, uh, on these hot take adventures Mm. is, of course, my trusty squire, uh, a cupbearer, someone who might eventually petition to be the lord of fan critical one day it's gareth yeah i mean i am the the true born heir let's be fair you know it's interesting i think would you or john be on house green or black that's the interesting question that everyone wants to know well i mean and where would lucy and emma be lucy and emma are obviously house green um this is the problem for you. Yeah. You're like Viserys. You're walking into this blind. You don't realise that I'm I'm the mm. one who's been loyal to you mm. this whole time. I'm the one who should be taking over. Because let's be fair, you are you're you're on the way out. Look at you. You're, you're turning into dust yeah. in front of my eyes. Um, Useless. But you haven't decrepit. You, you fucked up the succession, and um, those greens are they're mm. going to fuck it all up. You need to come out here. St- Stop making mm. me your squire. Give me that knighthood that well, I very richly deserve, and uh, and be done well, with hold it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If we get to the end of the season, and I think you've done a good enough job, we said we'll talk about that. The <laughs> listeners know it. We all know it, and John knows it, and Lucy knows it, and Emma knows it. Okay, yeah. So they'll just, be in your ear, won't they? At the moment. They'll be in right, your ear. Just... Don't give, don't do it. Don't give well, it to him. Let's see how how your performance is. Here, how is your performance here? Let's see. Um, so, of course, Gareth, the way this works is we come to you, lovely listeners, straight after the episode has aired, uh, and we've watched it, um, and we give you our unfiltered, unsullied thoughts before our deep dive later in the week. What are we thinking about episode eight, titled "The Lord of the Tides"? Of course, referring to Lord Corliss and the matter of his succession. Mm. Now, what did you make of this episode? Um. Well, first of all, did you bother watching this one all the way to the end, or am I going to have to fill in some gaps? I knew again? that was coming. I did. Hmm. I am almost certain I saw the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in a minute. Mate, when that dragon came in and killed everyone um, awesome. and said, oh, my personality is happy-go-lucky. And we went, oh, yeah, good. Now I can see what personality that dragon has. Yeah. And Vegas got, oh, I'm the grumpy old one. And you're like, that's a girl dragon. Why have you got a man dragon's voice? I saw very confusing. Because all the anyway, smoking. That's what that does. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Hundreds of years of it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, what do I think of this episode? Is that what you're asking me? I thought, did you ask a question? Yes. Right. For fu- Yes. Okay. Jesus Christ. I, re- I loved it. I loved it again. Um, I said to you off air last week because we don't we don't do we don't do blueberries at this juncture. Um, no, we don't. In our hot Hold takes. those in the fridge. But I did say to you off air last week. I was like, just by the way, five bloob from me um, for last week's episode. Um, and mm. I think I think this show has come to life. I was, it was at the point of last week that I was getting a little bit concerned, particularly at the start with that that funeral scene. I was. I was like, oh no, this is this just going to dwindle out into a three blueberry kind of show? I think it has taken off um, at this point. 
and I loved it. I thought this was the most emotional episode. Um, mm. If last mm. week's was kind of, uh, you know, lots of action, I suppose, um, you know, in, in, in like a smaller mm. scale. It was like small scale action, wasn't it? But um, but it meant something. This one was the emotional, the emotional gut punch. What did you think? Mm. I think, you know, and this is no spoiler for what's going to happen. I think this is by far the best episode of the season. Mm. Um, I think that it's amazing how they have brought the book Fire and Blood to life in such a way that it's interesting, the book, but because there's loads of big moments that happen and it's like, oh, that's a big moment. Oh, that's a big moment. But it doesn't, it never dwells. It never dwells. It sort of just rolls through these moments and they wash by you. Um, it's more like whereas now those right? moments are coming to, yeah, these moments are coming to life before my eyes from the text that I've read and their interpretation is very interesting, but also now the emotional connection I have to some characters. And I think that will nicely roll into hot take number one, uh, which I've written here in my notes, for series, for series, for series. And I am oh. absolutely gobsmacked by Paddy Constantine's, <laughs> as Lucy calls him, uh, performance in this. Yeah. Now, poor, poor bugger. Poor bugger. Mm. Now, I've written here in my notes, Gareth, me and you went out for a uh, Bucks or a stag do mm. uh, at the weekend. And I can tell you something right now. That was you on Sunday morning. I reckon I look like Viserys. Yeah, in that bed. I reckon I look just like him. Like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. poor fucker. I couldn't. It's just. When I saw him in the bed, I was like, okay, this is mental. Mm. He is like. And you get a sense of it in the book. And I think they've really gone hard on it here. It's a bit different in the book. Um, but fuck me, I was like, oh, God, poor, that's uh, a shame he's going to go out like this. You know what I mean? And then we got those amazing scenes with him. And his overall performance was staggering. Yeah. Like, just like him. Yeah, he did a lot of that. To the he throat. did a lot of staggering, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It it was just extraordinary. And George has even said this week, Gurm, you know, and we're not on the best terms with Gurm because he won't release wins or whatever, but... Um, he even said this week that, that what, write that book. Yeah, what Paddy's done has brought that character to life in a way that he could never have imagined in his books, which is a, you know, kudos to the actor, kudos to the writing staff behind the character in this show. Um, and I just thought hot take number one was just his overall performance was just, just mind blowing. Can't wait you for Groom's next like special announcement. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Special announcement. That's right. It's the sports teams of Westeros. Oh, for fuck. Can, no, I um actually so you know we don't we don't exchange hot takes. Um we come into this blind. Mm. Um like Viserys's mm. right eye. Um and or Aemon's left. Either one. I wonder if that means anything cuz between them. Ooh. You know. Um yeah, true. So yeah, I mean hot take one for me was that was just like how moved I was by Viserys in this episode. Um, and that scene mm. of him walking into the hall um, th is amazing. And, you know, it he, was amazing. He gives that little was, look yeah. to Rhaenyra as well. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to 
because she'd just asked him, like, you've got to protect me, mate. Come on. And mm. that's what he does. It's one last, one last attempt at protecting his daughter. Um, and then, yeah, his final supper yeah. was a, a beautiful moment as well f- for, for a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, you're right. It was unbelievable performance and the emotional, the emotional, um, center of this. I- I actually ended up tearing up at, uh, when he walked into the uh, yeah, throne close. room. I was pretty close. Yeah, I even if it was a bit why. Phantom of the Opera esque, but yeah, but it was just the fact that the guy is absolutely broken, and uh, you know he's one of these characters that we said like just doesn't feel like he fits in Game of Thrones because he is he's got a good heart and everything he does seems to be <laughs> seems to be trying to do the right thing. However, his weakness or inability to be harsh or critical or um you know ruthless has essentially is going to cost the realm dearly but that's not his fault that he's got a good heart you know and i find it i found it very emotional him him making that last stand for an era yeah yeah i loved it and of course we, we can't not get through the walk to the throne without talking about the um, beheading of Vaymond, yeah. which was glorious, <laughs> absolutely so glorious. When literally the best thing in that whole scene is when Damon's like, "Say it, yeah. say no, it." No, no, no. Wait, the like, best thing the... in that whole scene is when he goes, "He can keep his tongue." <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Um, See, Damon, Damon's actually wicked this episode, but um, that moment where he's like. You can see Vaymond on his face. He's like, I'm not going to say it. And then he just goes, fuck it. Yeah. They're bastards. Like that. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. Uh, and then Damon just was like, any excuse. Just come on. Goading him into it. It was brilliant. So good. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and the tension in that scene, once again, was was excellent. It was fantastic. It was so good. I was expecting him to, um, Viserys to come in and just be like, what is this mama's farce? That's a phrase they use all the time in Western, isn't it? Um, but he did ask for um, it is. Rhaenys's opinion. Um, good to see where she's aligned herself. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I will say, because we've brought him up, my hot take number two. Um, we're going to just... Yeah, which is now hot take three what? in our show. What was hot so. take two? The series was hot take one. Hot take two was the walk to the throne. Hot Is take not three. Is that part of Viserys's hot take? Oh, no. No, no, because we've got the dinner scene as a hot take four, as a oh, spoiler warning. Right. Let's go. Hot take three, then, is about Damon and yeah. how I think I think the show, before the last two episodes, has kind of mishandled him a bit. And Because I, I said to you, Early on, I think episode three or four, I was like, I I don't know if I'm supposed to like him or not, and sometimes that's a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that like grey characters are a problem, but it's the way that it's 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 just being like too extreme with him. You know, it's like that they they're making it very unclear as to kind of what his real motivations are. And I think that's the the difficulty. Whereas with, with Jamie, you understood, Jamie Lannister, you understood his motivations, even if you didn't agree with his his actions, right? Well, 
Yeah, but it took three seasons to understand those motivations. Yeah. So well, we had but it did. season one where you're like, you're just doing it because you're screwing your sister yeah. and, you know, and then season two, you dislike him even more. Correct. You know, he kills his own Correct. cousin to escape but, and all this sort of shit. And then there's the bathtub scene, which then reveals this whole backstory Correct. of why he is who he is. But the point there with Jamie is that they took their time in building that. They gave you time to hate him and then gave you time to grow to love him, right? With Damon, I think it's been a little bit too all over the place, but I think we're supposed to like him, and and I really do after this episode. I loved him in this episode. Yeah, I thought he was good in this episode, and I hope John, who doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with Damon, uh, I hope that he uh, he does. Why do you always care uh, what John after, thinks about him? You know, Don't worry about it. Well, you like him. That's I'm fine. You stand, you stand up I, for your I, own opinion. I really like him. Yeah. I really like him. I think he's cooler in the book, but once again, you, you have to make, you have to fill in the gaps. You know what I mean? You're filling in the gaps with your imagination, like about what he's thinking. Here, we're starting to see his character come to life a bit more. And I think in this episode, he his tone was right. Well, I feel do you know, like do you, know you what get it is the as sense well? of the love between him and Rhaenyra, yeah. but you also get like he's protective you know and he's also a targaryen through and through exactly. you know what i mean so but this is what i'm saying is like this episode i think and a little bit to to an extent the last episode but this one is where you really see like the cornerstone of his character like we know what mm. matters to him is like loyalty to his family like that is his driving motivation yeah. lineage yeah but yeah, everything like that not, well yeah but but also but not even because you know, he knows the truth about the Strongs as well. Um, but yeah, they're still his family now. And like, he's he's That's loyal right. to his family. And he will fuck up anybody that, that tries to get in the way of that. And very mm. stylishly as well. So fair play, Damon. Mm. Well, I think we'll talk about hot take number four, uh, the dinner scene. Now... There's a couple of things to pick up on here. It's another fantastic scene. Um, yes. Sort of piggybacking off Ooh. of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pink dread and that. Um, off of the, the scene last week with the eye being cut out and everyone in the same room. And this is obviously six years on and you've got that tension still there. And for series, for a split second, for like two minutes maybe has healed the realm mm. for two minutes. Like, he almost, by sheer will of force, in his dying, essentially dying breaths, reunites uh, Rhaenyra and Alison, and you get that sense that there is a connection between them again. If you know? they just all went and... to bed before dessert, that would have been it. <laughs> End of the yeah. season, everyone's happy. And you see Viserys look around the room, and it was very sweet. He's like... This is what I've always dreamed of, like Helena's dancing with Jay, Jason, you know, people are like, Otto's like toasting and laughing across to like Damon or something. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Is, is this in his mind? Right. Is this milk of the poppy gone mad? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, mm. And it was just lovely. And then obviously he deteriorates, he leaves the room and it sort of descends again into the, what we know is going to happen. Um, however, that touching moment between Alison and Rhaenyra I think that's fascinating because where where's that come from? Like, I just 
wow. I, I, at this point in the source material, they fucking hate each other. Now, right. Uh, also, a thing they skip over in this, and I won't talk about it. I'll go into it in a deep dive. Is how um, Rhaenyra and Daemon's kids, and we'll get onto that in the deep dive. Aegon and Viserys. She names her firstborn son with Daemon Aegon or Aegon, and that pisses Alicent right off because obviously she's got an Aegon. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's the idea of she's done it to like belittle her Aegon. You know what I mean? So, wow, yeah, there's a lot to digest there. We'll get onto that in the deep dive, but I just thought that whole dinner scene was awesome. And Aemond, obviously, who is fantastic. This, oh this, this, this actor, he's captivating. He's captivating. That is exactly the word. I, like, I'm fascinated by him. Like I, I, I wonder. I'm wondering if I've like got some sort of weird crush on him because, like, I just want to see more yeah, of him. Like, that. like yeah. he's he's a sort of he's a strange looking dude, but it's like take off that eye patch, <laughs> take it off, nephews. It's the way he says stuff as well. I'm just oh, like this yeah. guy. Like he's uh, he is captivating. He's fascinating, and like he's a fucking cool character. And I actually love that we've had this jump so that we can see like what he's come from this sort of like slightly mm. awkward like fumbly little kid um to to this like massive guy with an eye patch and like a good fighter a very well. good fighter and he rides vega and and he rides vega and he can take a punch and he's he is he's terrifying he's like a bond villain he's like a proper bond villain um <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know like I, I i like we've said in the past again game of thrones does gray characters very well but i'll tell you what when you've got a, a dark character like this that's kind of cool as well and I, I quite like it i quite like just having oh, this yeah. guy who's terrifying and not good um yeah I'm a fan. See, he's all about history and family and stuff as well. And it's it's you see him and Damon squaring off there. And I think that's a very interesting rivalry. Yes. You know what I mean? Both both kind of well, Damon's more Targaryen because he's got his both of his parents were brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that he's Congrats. fully Targaryen. Yeah. But you know what I mean? The blonde hair, they sort of look like each other. You see Damon in Aemond. You know what I mean? You see them having these similarities. So it's very, very interesting. I think we'll round it off, Gareth, with this, which is my... And we're back to this again. Uh, the only negative of the episode for me. Ah. Okay. I wonder if it's um, the same one that I have. The Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So... And the fact that he accidentally tells... Alicent this in a muttered, obviously very fucked up way where he doesn't know what he's saying. And now we're supposed to believe that Alicent is using this as a motivational factor to bring down Rhaenyra. Like, oh, no, it's you. You, Aragon is the prince that was promised. Are you fucking serious? Have you seen that kid? You don't think he's talking about Aegon the Conqueror or, you know... John in the future is obviously Egon, so obviously that's there's too many fucking Egons. That's that a problem. Is the problem. Fake Egon, honestly. In the books. If so, you, you've got all this. Yeah, this is. I mean, we've obviously we've podcasted for too long together because this was my hot take. Three was that it's annoying at the end of such a good episode that the last scene is obviously going to be as important as it's going to be because surely in that situation, Alicent would be like. Viserys is 
chatting absolute garbage. Like, I know that he's not with it. Yeah, that's right. And, like, wouldn't take anything right. that he says seriously. So I find that frustrating to be uh, as a yeah. motivation. And also just the, the unluckiness of it. Like, if they'd just called Egon Malcolm, none of this would be happening. <laughs> Malcolm the Conqueror. Malcolm, the um, first of his name. <laughs> no, I tell you what, the only way it works is that Alison has gone so far down a path that she is looking for anything to cling to to make this fight tangible and worthwhile and right in her own mind. Bear in mind, Alison, and you see it pointed out in this episode, the seven-pointed star all over the Red Keep, the fact that they honour the new gods, you know, Smith, Mother, Stranger, Crone, all that lot. And... She would never buy in to any of these Targaryen dreams, ever. No. This is old god shit. Yeah. So this is dragon gods, yeah? So it's bizarre to me that now she's suddenly like listening to Viserys' dying... Ah, dreams. Know, okay, yes. Mm, indeed. Wor- yeah, yeah. Words. So they're going to have to show me something here in the next episode where I'm like, okay, I get that as a motivation for the character because I just don't buy it. I do not buy it. The, as I said, the only thing is that she's clinging on to something to make her son's, you know, king, yeah. essentially, and, and protect her family. And, and this is the fire that she needed um, to, to kindle that. Because, it, you know, I thought before that chat, she's going to reconcile with Rhaenyra, potentially. So interesting, interesting. Maybe she'll um, read the knife or something. We've talked... Knife's like, uh, Aegon, oh, sh- Aegon but- needs to hold me. <laughs> right. How can she think that her Egon is the prince that was promised? He's awful. You fucking look at the kid. He's awful. Unbelievable. Um anyway, before we go into any more deep deep chats, we better stop because that is the whole point of our deep dive podcast which is going to be out in a few days time. Before that comes out, email us your thoughts at fancriticalpodcast@gmail.com or get in touch with us on socials and let us know what you think of this latest episode, episode eight, The Lord of the Tides. We thought it was a stellar episode. We haven't scored it yet, but I'm going to tell you right now, spoiler warning, mine's going to be good. Uh, so tune in for the deep dive. Uh, and thank you to my trusty squire, Sir Gareth. Thanks, mate. Thank you for joining no me. No probs. No probs. And uh, don't be petitioning for leadership just yet i've got another two episodes before um my leadership will be challenged and after that point understand all i'll say is i'll let you keep your tongue that's all oh brutal no other connotations just you know don't geld me just give me a swift death okay no gelding all right right. right, crispin bye everybody
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.